You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're at the start of the second chapter of Shekalim, and we pretty much clarify who's liable to contribute the half shekel. I asked a fourth teacher in the Beit Midrash today, whether they were still collecting the Shekalim after the destruction of the temple. And again, I was not able to find the, he was not able to answer me. So it's a good question. And so far, none of us have been able to answer it. But anyway, we've gone through the first chapter about collecting the Shekalim. And now we need to transport them to Jerusalem. We need to transport the money. And of course, in an era when they didn't have instant transmission or for that matter, reliable postal systems, Transportation was a problem. And so the second chapter begins. They can change shekels into dariks because of the load of the journey. And a darik is actually a gold Persian coin. I've got a picture of it here. It's worth four shekelim. So you get eight half shekels out of a darik. These are some dariks which are about Okay, they're 300 years before the time of the Mishnah. I couldn't find a Darik from exactly the time of the Mishnah, but I don't think they're going to be very different. So here's a Darik. And they're actually mentioned, by the way, in the book of Ezra. Ezra says, oh, yeah, we had, I had all this money, which I entrusted for safekeeping, and including 20 gold bowls, which, uh, 20 gold bowls, which were worth Adarkonim Aleph. They were worth a thousand adarakonim. And these are the dariks. So we know what dariks are. We can see a picture of them. And they're more handy to carry around the shekels because they're four, yeah, four shekels to a darik. So we can change shekels into dariks. Okay. Just as they were. Well, actually, literally, shofarot, just as they were as there were shofars in the Migdash, so there were shofars in the province. And the Rambam says the province, by the way, includes all towns outside Jerusalem. He consistently says that. But what is a shofar? Actually, so the, the Mishnah says shofar. This seems to be a shofar-shaped chest. And again, that's the way the Rambam explains it. And if I've, I've actually put it in the translation, maybe, maybe that's a bit naughty, but these shofarot are shofar-shaped chests. So they had a, a little hole at one end, just like a shofar, and they were wide at the bottom. So you could basically put money in, but you couldn't get it out. A bit like a collecting box. So they had things a bit like our modern collecting boxes, and they'd set them up all over the place. And then the townspeople would send their shekels into Jerusalem. Well, okay, what if the shekels get lost? Townspeople send their shekels in and they're stolen or lost. Well, why? who's responsible? Who is responsible? Im nitrama truma nishpaim la nishpaim. La, la barim. If the appropriation had already been made, the messengers swear to the treasurers. Well, now what is going on here? So we'll learn when we start the third chapter. We'll learn that the shekels are collected in Jerusalem in a special room. 
But once the first of Nisan comes, or for that matter, the first of Tishri, once the, the, the critical dates in the financial year come, the shekels are taken out of that special room and essentially they're released to the treasurers for use. So, and that process is called, um, well, in Hebrew, if the truma had been taken. I didn't want to translate this as truma because I didn't want to sort of get confused with truma, which we take from our fields. But the Hebrew is if the truma had been taken. What it means is if the money's been taken from this special room and allocated to the treasurers. And if it's been allocated, effectively it already belongs to the treasurers, and so do any monies in transit. What's allocated to the treasurer is not just the money in that special room, but anything in transit. So the messengers have effectively lost, they have lost money that belongs to the temple treasury even though it hasn't arrived yet. That's why they need to swear to the um, temple treasurers that, you know, that, that, that this money had genuinely been stolen and they haven't pocketed it themselves. And if the appropriation hadn't taken place, they make the oath to the townspeople. But that's more complicated because, I mean, at this point, at the point of stealing, the shekels didn't belong to the temple. So the townspeople are now responsible. And so, and so the townspeople have to provide a second set of shekels in their place. Um, so if they were found, or maybe the the robbers brought them back. I think if you were a robber and you stole and hurt shekels, you might be a bit nervous. Now, this is a problem because they're now both, consecra both consecrated, both the first and the second lot. So they have to both be given. They can't consider them as shekalim in advance for next year because they are effectively dedicated for this year. What if somebody gave his shekel parallel, kind of a parallel situation, not quite theft, but <laughs> someone who he, I, he gives his shekel to a friend of his to pay on his behalf, and this guy pays it on, on his own self. Not, not, in other words, the, the shekel has been misappropriated. And it's the same rule. If the appropriation from this collection room to the treasurers had already been made, you know, at that point, the shekels are considered the property of the temple. And the, the, the din is ma'al. Ma'al is a special Hebrew word that refers to stealing temple property. So this guy who's, who's entrusted with a shekel for his neighbor or his friend, and has used it for himself, if he does this after the appropriation has been made, he's guilty of sacrilege. He's taken temple property. And along the same lines, maybe he, someone's paid um, shekel out of money which is already dedicated to the temple. If the appropriation had already been made, if the... Um, 
appropriation had already been made and an animal had been offered, he's guilty of sacrilege because he's taken holy property and he's de he's actually handed it over to the, the treasurers. Not so much that he's... The Mishnah is not concerned that he's mixing one holy property with another. But what he's doing effectively is taking that holy property and removing from himself the possibility of receiving a you know a charge for paying the shekel. So he's got a personal gain out of shifting around the consecrated money. And similarly, midmei maser sheni, midmei shveit, yochal kenegdan. You know, if he's used money from maser sheni, which has to be eaten in Jerusalem, he has to eat yochal kenegdan. He must eat food. Uh, equal to its value. In other words, he has to basically buy some food and eat it in Jerusalem for Maser Sheni, or he needs to buy some Shvi'it and eat it according to Shvi'it regulations. What if you're gathering coins and you say, okay, these I'm collecting these coins for my shekel. And what if you have a little bit left over when you actually buy the shekel at the money changer? So you've got surplus coins now. Beit Shammai Omrim, Motaran Nadavah. Beit Shammai say, look, you've got any surplus. That is also holy. You have to give it off for a free will, a free will offering. Uved Hillel Omrim, Motaran Chulin. Their surplus is, is non-sacred. Beit Hillel are a little bit, are always going to be a little, more, a little bit more laid back and they'll let you take back the surplus and use that. If you say something different, rather than saying, I'm collecting these for my shekel, if I say, I'm going to bring my shekel from these coins. So when you make the promise, you assume there's going to be surplus. In Hebrew, she'avi mehen l'shikli. I'm going to bring from these coins for my shekel. Shavin shemoseran chulin. Everybody agrees that the surplus is, is chulin, is not sacred. If he says, parallel situation, I'm collecting coins, and I say, these are for a sin offering. Everybody agrees the surplus is for a free will offering. Because, well, we'll investigate why in the next mission. We'll investigate why tomorrow. If I bring from them for a chatat, everybody agrees that the surplus is chulim. And the reasoning behind this, we will investigate when we explore the next mission. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>